Well, this morning, we're going to see the power of testimony. We will see the difference God is able to make in one's life, the, the before and the after. A life of impact, a, a life of influence. We began last time at the beginning of Galatians chapter 1. If you were with us last time or were listening, Paul makes his introduction there in the beginning, and, and then he says to the churches there in, in, in the Galatian region, he said, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you. The Lord, him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. He gets right down to business early in the letter, and, and he says, which is not just another account, but there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ, those that want to intentionally misinform you. And Paul says, but even if we, we who are teachers and disciples and preachers, we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we've preached to you, he is to be accursed. And, and Paul felt so seriously about that, he, he said it twice. And then Paul says this, for am I now seeking the favor of people or of God? Or am I striving to please people? Am I doing this for man or am I doing this for God? If I were still trying to please people, I wouldn't be a bondservant of Christ. And this morning, Paul begins in, in verse 11. He says, I would have you know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel which was preached by me is not, is not of, of human invention. For I didn't receive it from man, nor was I taught it. I didn't make it up. But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And that right that right there is kind of, well, it's not kind of shocking. It is shocking because we have the benefit of seeing this and reading this centuries after the Lord gave this to Paul to give to the churches. But think about today if someone said, God told me. How would we respond to those individuals? This is jarring. And then Paul says this, For you have heard of my former way of life in Judaism, how I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in, in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. Paul, Paul reminds us in the church that he administered persecution to the church. He doesn't try to hide it. He doesn't try to hedge it. He doesn't try to cancel it. Paul delivered his view of judgment by his own hand. He took measures in his own hand as an enemy of God, an enemy of Christ, an enemy of the church to deliver persecution and punishment. Paul tried to destroy the church, and tried to do it beyond measure. He didn't do it just on one occasion. Who would have ever thought Paul could be used by God? 
Who would have ever thought that? <laughs> have you ever known someone whom you thought was a lost cause? I have. I've thought of, about individuals who were too far out of the reach of God. The story of Paul should inspire every one of us that there's always hope in the gospel. Amen. There's always hope in the gospel. Paul talks about himself. He, you know, heritage is a big deal. Heritage. I, you don't have to be here too long to realize that heritage is a big deal. It's a big deal. Be it our lineage, our, our family tree, or our education, our pedigree, <laughs> or constructs which frame our identity. When I came here, after the Lord allowed you to call me as pastor here, and you knew me as a preacher and a pastor, you didn't know me as a, uh, someone who had played guitar in a church band and led a band for 25 years, and been a choir director, and played out and about, and you didn't know that. You know me as pastor. Um, constructs which, which frame our identity, or maybe at one point in life they did. You know, I'm proud of my background. We all should be proud of our background. Like, like the old song says, back where I come from. Take pride in that. Paul, Paul is a Jew, and he was dedicated to the study and the life of, of a Pharisee. And Paul says, I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. Simply put, Paul was, in today's vernacular, he was a rock star. Paul was a who's who. He was a fast tracker. In the words of Louise and George Jefferson, Paul was moving on up to the top. And then Paul says the following. But when he who had set me apart, he's talking about the Lord, when he who had set me apart, even from my mother's womb, had caught and called me through his grace, when he was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Paul's, Paul's star was on the rise with the matters and the concerns of Judaism. And look what happens. Paul reminds the church of God's sovereignty. That God not only knows all, but that nothing happens outside of the realm of God's control. King David, in Psalm 139, reminds us of the following reality. David says, For you, Lord, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my, in my mother's womb, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. That means that our death date, the Lord knew our death date before we were even born. We can't comprehend the scope of that reality. All of our days ordained for us before we even were born. And, and Paul says that God calls out to us by His grace. He calls out to us by His grace, and He is pleased 
to reveal Jesus. God is pleased to reveal, to reveal Jesus. The Lord is pleased to reveal His Son to us. Do you remember the events of the night of Jesus' birth? <laughs> the story we tell at Christmas time. There's shepherds, they're staying out in the fields, they're near Bethlehem, and they're keeping watch over their flocks by day and by night. They're out there continuously. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stands near them. You know the story. The glory of the Lord is shining around them, and they are terribly frightened. The old King James says they were sore afraid. And the angel says to them, Do not be afraid, fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of hosts, the army of angels. They're praising God and they're saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. With whom he is pleased. You know, the Lord is not pleased with how we live. But the Lord is pleased to offer mankind a means to have sin forgiven and to have the opportunity to have relationship with Him restored. God called Paul through His grace. And God was pleased to reveal His Son in Paul's life and ministry. Why? For this purpose. So that Paul might preach Him, Jesus, among the Gentiles. And Paul then states, I did not immediately consult with flesh and blood. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went away to Arabia and returned once more to Damascus. Paul did not go to the apostles and the elders immediately. Why? Paul was a man to be feared. Paul was not trusted. Paul had a reputation. But there's another reason with that. And, and, and it's a little confusing, but, but think about this. Paul has stated his backstory, his training, his, his education. And when one is zealous for something like Judaism, and he's being trained and raised in it, this is what that, this is, what that is saying. Paul knows front to back, <laughs> from one end of the scroll to the back end of the scroll. He knows the law, he knows the prophets, he knows our Old Testament back to front, front to back. So Paul knows this. Paul knows the Word of God, and then Paul has... This encounter on the Damascus Road we read back in Acts when the Lord Jesus reveals Himself to Paul there, blinding Paul. 
I want you to think about what Paul knows and what has happened to Paul. And then I'm going to tell you something that Jesus says. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus comes into the region of Caesarea Philippi and he's asking his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? The Son of Man meaning Jesus. Well, the disciples, they they begin to rattle off some names of some heavy hitters of the faith. They say, well, some say John the Baptist and and others Elijah and some are saying Jeremiah the prophet and, and then other prophets. And Jesus, he says to the disciples, he says, but who do you yourself say that I am? And Peter, Peter's always the first in line to answer. Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, blessed are you because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. You fast forward to Paul. Paul has seen Jesus on the Damascus road. The Lord was pleased to reveal his son to Paul there on the Damascus road. And this sets Paul apart as an apostle, one who has witnessed Jesus. And like Simon Peter, Paul has received a similar blessing from the Lord. This being blessed because flesh and blood didn't reveal this, but the Father who is in heaven. Paul knows the character of God. And how does he know the character of God? Well, in the same way which I've encouraged us to dig deep into the Old Testament in the book of Psalms to see the character of God, to see the person of God, to see the very heart and compassion of God, we see that revealed in, in, in places like the Psalms. And see, Paul knows this back to front. He knows the character of God. Revealed in His Word. And see, Paul, again, he had the Old Testament. Now, he wrote much of the New, but that hasn't happened at this point. So when Paul is preaching, Paul is preaching Jesus from the Old Testament. And Paul acknowledges Jesus as Messiah, the Anointed One of God. What has happened with Paul is what we preachers desire for ourselves and for our churches. Paul knows the Word in full, and now Paul knows the Lord of the Word. He knows the Word, and he knows the Lord of the Word. And then Paul then chooses to go into the wilderness of Arabia. And Scripture doesn't tell us what happened during Paul's time there in the wilderness. Communing with the Lord. Scripture's silent. We don't know what happened. Not on this side of life. But some wonder, was it similar to the time when the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness and Jesus was tempted by Satan? Was, was Paul tempted in the same way? 
If you remember when Jesus, the three recorded times in which Satan tried to tempt Jesus, how Jesus countered Satan, he said, it is written. Jesus quoted Old Testament to fend off the wiles of the devil. When Satan did tempt Paul, because Paul was a man, flesh and blood like us, I have a feeling that Paul probably countered the wiles of the devil with the Word of God. Well, after the wilderness of Arabia, Paul returns to Damascus. And then Paul says, Then three years later I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with, with Cephas, that's Simon Peter, of the twelve. And he stayed with him for fifteen days. And Paul says, But I did not see another one of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Paul is recapping some events we've read in Acts chapter 9. And if you were with us... When Paul first met Peter, there's some awkwardness. You see, when, when he first came to Jerusalem, he was trying to associate with the disciples, but they are all afraid of him, not believing that he's a disciple. They think he's a double agent, a, a spy. And what I appreciate about the candid way in which Paul and others write these letters you see their humanity. You see, we don't really mean to, but a lot of times we think of these early church leaders in the manner in which they are depicted in old pictures, in old books, found in old books, and in old stained glass windows in old church buildings. We see them as hallowed and pious. But they were real people. And they felt... Emotions such as fear and suspicion. Paul says in verse 20, again, now in what I'm writing to you, I assure you before God that I am not lying. He's, he's asserting the truthfulness of, of, of all that has happened. And, and then he says, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. He's on mission. And then Paul says, I was still unknown by sight to the churches of Judea, which are in Christ. These are Christian churches. I was unknown by sight, but you know what? Paul was not unknown by reputation. Because look at what, look at what we see in 23. But they only kept hearing, the man who once persecuted us is now preaching the faith which he once tried to destroy. Paul wasn't a lost cause, was he? Look what God did. Look at 24. They were glorifying God because of me. They're glorifying God. Paul shares all of this. Why? To brag on himself? No. Paul has already set himself aside earlier. Do you remember when he was talking about his background and his heritage? He, he then talks of what God did. God, through Jesus, has made the difference in Paul. God called Paul through His grace. God was pleased to reveal His Son in Paul's life and ministry. Why? For the purpose of Paul preaching Him amongst the Gentiles. And actually, we will hear Paul toward the very end of this letter 
in Galatians say the, say the following, But far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's important to be able to tell the difference that Jesus can make in one's life. The gospel is a gospel of transformation. It's a, it's a gospel of change. Once we hear God's word and trust it to be true, we will be changed. We will be changed. And it's important that we be able to tell our story. However, our stories, they're not really about us. Paul's story was not really about himself. What, what does Paul say in this last verse this morning in, in verse 24? Because of me, they were glorifying God. God is the one who makes the difference. Who should be the real hero of our stories? Jesus. Jesus. As God called Paul through his grace... God wants to call us. God, through Jesus, has made the difference in those of us who have trusted in Him. God is always in the business of calling out to us regardless of where in the journey of faith we may find ourselves. I, I was saved at age 13. I may have been 14 or 15 when the Lord put the impression on my heart to preach. But I didn't listen to that call. It was 1993. I was 23 years old when the Lord called me into ministry. In 1994, I found myself in seminary. And I had had friends of mine from college. They were going into the gospel ministry and many were there in Louisville. Well, that first part of January, I'm going into one of the main complexes there where the mail, the mail service is, and I'm going to check my mail. And, and I'm walking along the sidewalk when I see an acquaintance from college who, who has become, in the last 25 years, a very dear brother. But he saw me, and he said, Hey, who are you up here visiting? And I said... Well, I'm going to school here. And he looked absolutely shocked. Jesus makes the difference. Who is the real hero of the story, of your story? Jesus. As God called Paul through his grace, God wants to call us and continues to call us. And, and some of us have responded by turning from our sins and turning to him. God was pleased to reveal His Son in Paul's life and ministry for the purpose of, of Paul preaching amongst the Gentiles. And in the very same way, God is pleased to reveal His Son in our lives for the purpose of, of pointing others to His Son and, and the cross and the empty tomb. Like the, the song sings, I once was lost, but now and found. Jesus 
does the finding. Jesus is the hero of the story. And we're all called by God's grace, but we each have to make a choice how we each will respond. Who ultimately will make the difference? Jesus. Who ultimately will get the credit? Jesus. Jesus.